Hello, and welcome back to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a social work type podcast that we talk about all the things. My name is Hallie Harris, and I'm your host. I would like to just say thank you for those of you who listened to episode one. I know that hospice is a difficult conversation, and that is kind of the plan of this podcast is we're going to have some fun and talk about other things, but we're also going to talk about difficult conversations and how we can get through them together. So this episode is going to be about former lives. I often think about how funny it seems that different experiences throughout your life make it feel like you've lived a hundred lives. Sometimes they feel like they were just last week and sometimes they feel 20, 30, 40 years ago. And the older you get, the faster time seems to be going. Also, I thought it might be kind of nice to get to know me as your host and know who you're talking to. So I thought I'd talk about some of my former lives and my experiences and what led me here today. So I grew up in Washington State in the Snohomish County area in a couple different places. And in my high school years, I always thought about being a veterinarian. That was going to be my goal and nothing was going to stop me. I was set to go to Washington State University and that was the plan until some divine intervention, if you will. Um, I did some job shadowing and through some traumatic events during that time, uh, that was not an option anymore. I was not going to be a veterinarian. And so I was left in this really odd state of, oh no, what am I going to do now? Um, I eventually, after a couple of years of just working locally, decided to join the military. And so I joined the army and I was active duty for six years. I worked on Apache helicopters and I got to see a little bit of Europe when I was over in Germany and in Bosnia. I eventually came back to the Tennessee and Kentucky area to Fort Campbell and I was there for a couple more years Um, but that really shaped my experience of bonding. I will say that there's really almost no way to explain how you're bonded to someone when it's your brothers in arms. Even if you don't get along, um, similar to siblings, if someone attacks your brothers in arms, you defend them, even if you don't like them. But it's so much more than that. When you talk about knowing that someone has your back in the military, if something goes wrong, you know that someone else will be willing to risk their life for you. And that is a very different type of camaraderie and companionship, really. Uh, And that kind of bond is unique. So that can really shape how the rest of your relationships go in your life, is what kind of experience you had in the military. Not all military experiences were great. I was fortunate enough to have a pretty good experience. Um, But there certainly are things that happen in the military to people that are not great. First, uh, sexual assault happens. I was lucky enough to never have to deal with that, but I want to acknowledge that that does absolutely happen, as well as getting triggered and having traumas from various combat missions throughout the decades. As we've all seen, um, PTSD is uh, increasingly a problem, and that's not only because of the number of deployments, but we're actually acknowledging that veterans actually do get uh, trauma experiences from, from their service. It's not everyone. It's not automatic that everyone served. 
uh, in the military has PTSD. It's not even 100% that everyone that serves in a combat zone has PTSD. But it's important to know that that, that does exist. Uh, fortunately for me, PTSD was not part of my experience. Um, so the military, I was in for six years active and then another uh, two years inactive. I also had a marriage and a divorce. Uh, that was different. <laughs> he was also in the military and we were not together a lot. So uh, the divorce did come as a little bit of a surprise and it feels like another life because it was so many years ago. It definitely gave me a new perspective on what I would and would not forgive. And oftentimes we just can't know. It's easy to say, I would never do that or I'd never tolerate that until you go through that experience. Um, so it's important to recognize that when one of your friends is going through an experience like that, that you hear them out and it's not just so easy to say no to things. And then my next life, I moved back home to Washington and I began my work in aviation maintenance. And that was not Boeing for you in the local area. But uh, being in that world was very similar to the military. There were many people there that were ex-military and it was a male majority workplace. Uh, so that did taint the way that I experienced my work. Uh, I was, I think, pretty good at my work and I worked well with my companions, but I can definitely see where that was not a workplace for everyone. A uh, very different life, though, and I still felt like through this whole time that people would come and tell me their problems, even if I didn't ask them to. It, it had always through my life felt like uh, I had social work written on my forehead, and so it, it had felt like a calling. During this time, I had started to see a therapist, and that will be a whole nother episode about therapy. I, I can't say enough about it. I think... I'm a little biased, but everyone could benefit from some therapy. And that is the time when I decided, hey, I'm going to go back to school and get my master's in social work. And so that was the beginning of that during that time. Um, that's been several, several years now. But again, it does feel like a former life because it was so long ago. I did take a weird detour in the middle of all that and made some 3D cakes at the time, I was watching shows like Ace of Cakes and the cake competitions during the holidays. And I thought, well, that looks pretty fun. Let me see if I can figure out how to do that. I had only taken just a few little classes and I started making really giant projects, probably above my level of expertise. But at some point, I did make a four foot by four foot 737 uh, replica of a Southwest jet. I had a lot of fun during that time. Uh, fortunately, people are just not really willing to pay the kind of money it takes for the time required to make those kind of cakes. Um, and we also have two of the very best cake makers in the whole world living right here in this area. Uh, Mike McCary down in, I believe it's Redmond, um, from Mike's Amazing Cakes. His cakes are truly amazing and I definitely recommend him. Uh, and then his ex-partner, I can't remember his name right now, but he, I think, is over on Woodby Island, so he's not very far away, and it's pretty hard to compete with two of the best cake makers in the world in right in your backyard. Uh, so I kind of gave that up 
uh, after a couple of years. Then came social work. For me, social work is a passion. It's a calling. It's not something I do for the money, although, you know, you have to make money and you have to make a living to be able to continue to do what you need to do and pay your bills. But this is so much more than that for me. Um, Social work has led me into the hospice field, which I absolutely love. I have a lot of history with hospice within my own family and friends, and I know how much support it can be for people in times of need. So I'm honored to be able to be a part of that um, right now. Eventually, I may look into doing some kind of private practice, but for now, I'm pretty content in what I'm doing. And just recently, I was listening to another podcast called Psychology in Seattle with Dr. Kirkonda. And he was talking about using social media to enhance your practice. And it's funny because I almost didn't listen to that episode since I don't have a private practice right now. But I do love the podcast so much, I just decided what the heck, I'll listen to that episode And he started talking about his podcast and how important it was and how needed it was to have other uh, perspectives in psychology and that field uh, to be out there in the world and that people really need that. And I got to thinking about all the different podcasts I've listened to and how there's been a lot of times when even I've been looking for a certain topic and haven't found exactly what I was looking for. And so I started thinking and writing down all of the different subjects. And before the day's end, I had five pages of topics to talk about. So this is what's uh, spurned this new venture for me, this podcasting. We'll see how it goes. I definitely look forward to hearing people's opinions and comments and suggestions about any topics that they want to hear about or any feedback about this podcast. I know it's a little rough right now, And I will definitely be working on that. But if you have any comments about what you'd like to hear or talk about, and maybe you're not hearing it somewhere else, then please uh, don't hesitate to give me a little email. You can do that at contact at willallbedeadpodcast.com with no punctuation. And you can find us on Facebook at Someday We'll All Be Dead. So I do hope that everyone out there is looking out for one another and being able to take a breath once in a while and just smell the roses because we need that.